0: To give you a little perspective as to when I'm recording this, it's Sunday. It's about 7 o'clock on Sunday night, and I just got back from a two-hour walk. I come in, and my wife Susan says, Oh, Trump just extended this uh, quarantine stay-at-home order until April 30th, which is, wow, that is a big thing to wrap your mind around. But it's one of the things we're going to talk about, and we're going to have some fun. Don't worry, we're not going to get all heavy during this one. We're going to talk about some of the historical things in kdwb's 61 year history many of whom uh, many of which i don't remember but one of the things we're going to talk about was huge and everybody was there that day remembers that day and will never forget it and i'll tell you about it starting up the podcast take a shower show up on time and don't steal anything right now let's go Okay, it's Dave, and uh, we have a lot to talk about in the podcast, and we are in the midst of the coronavirus everything, and uh, we're not going to spend a lot of time on that, at least not right up front. We are going to, obviously, it's a big part of our lives right now, but we're going to do something different and kind of interesting, and something that we uh, got through years ago, which at the time seemed like a horrible disaster, and my gosh, and this was just the worst, and so many people were upset, and uh, we're going to talk about the day, the Backstreet Boys' canceled, and could not perform at our big concert called Last Chance Summer Dance. Now, Backstreet Boys, during this time, they were about, it was about 1997 or so. They were absolutely huge, and uh, they were at the top of their game. Uh, they were the biggest name in music, and uh, we had them come out. We were very luckily, lucky to get them to come out to a concert at Canterbury Park. And uh, girls got there because, you know, their audience was young girls. The audience that loves Backstreet Boys now are, you know, probably close to 40 or around 40 somewhere. But back then uh, they were 12, 15, 16 year old girls. They got there early. It was a very hot day. And remember, it's an outdoor concert. And the girls that got there ran toward the fence to be right up front for Backstreet Boys because they were huge. And these girls did not want to relinquish their spot. Um and then the Backstreet Boys canceled and it just kind of just turned really ugly. Let me and I'll give you some more details as we go along, but let me get one of the eyewitnesses on the phone that day. We're gonna to talk to Lee Volsvik from KWB, who was on my show at the time, who worked at KWB, and I asked her a minute ago, I said, Can we talk to you about that concert? So it's gonna be a little bit dicey audio. We'll kind of see how it goes. Um, Hello. Hello, Lee Valsvik. Hi. Hey, um, we are recording my podcast and uh, we're talking about the coronavirus and that type of thing, but I thought it'd be fun for people like you and me to reminisce about some of the things that <laughs> KDLB has done over the years. And I like that. And you started there a couple of years before I did. You were there from what, 87, 88, 89? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's go back. To that fateful day in <laughs> September which, of... Which one? Which one? <laughs> yeah, right? September of 1997, I want to say, but it also could have been 98 or 99. I don't remember for sure. The Backstreet Boys came on the hottest day of the year to Canterbury Park. And oh, my God. It was horrible. What do it you was, remember it about was that day? 98. 98. It was 98? Okay. So you and I worked on the morning show back then, and I was just talking about how... 12-year-old, 15-year-old girls got there early at 11 a.m., rushed yeah. up to the fence. They would not leave the fence because they didn't want to lose their spot. Yeah. Then the Backstreet Boys were supposed to come out by 7, 5, I don't remember. Well, 8 o'clock.
1: They were scheduled for 8 o'clock. And they even said, the four of them, remember there were an additional four, said we could do 10, 30, but it was a Sunday night. Okay. And that, but that wasn't the, the, the worst part of that whole day was the heat. And it was 90-plus degrees in September, and then you've got all these kids smashed up against the stage waiting for the Backstreet Boys. That's where my motherly instinct took over. Oh, my God. (laughs) You and I had to remember we had to move people back. And this is before we knew that the Backstreet Boys weren't going to be there. And we totally thought they were going to be there.
0: Yeah.
1: And we're trying to get people to move back. We had a VIP tent to the right, pretty much for um, sponsors and advertisers and things like that. We're in the VIP tent. Well, they got kicked out because that ended up being a, uh, a triage tent, like a first aid uh, tent. And forty—I think there were about forty people were transported with heat-related problems to uh, clinics and hospitals. I don't know where. Do you remember the ambulance? There was ambulances coming. Oh, in Oh, I get re- these I, kids.
0: I do remember it. It was so scary because these were just kids. And the the problem was they wouldn't go get water because if they left to go get water, they would never get back yeah. to the spot that they were in. So they stayed yeah. up there by the fence. They got, you know, heat exhaustion, dehydration, everything that you can imagine. And so we would get up on stage and we would say, please, everyone, you're crowding everyone. Please take steps backwards and nobody would, and we'd say, "Please, people are getting crushed up here." So then, maybe a few people would take a step backward. Then, do you remember what happened when people would take a step backward?
1: It, tell me.
0: People it would fill long. in the hole. The uh, people yeah, around them, they would come up and fill in the hole. They would rush exactly. in and fill in the hole. So it was just terrible. But then terrible. the shock, the the Shockley
1: Fire Department showed up and started spraying everybody down. I mean, I like backing them up but spraying them to cool them off yeah it was like a you know showers you know they, they did whatever they could to cool the kids off because they weren't drinking water
0: and you know you think about dropping you know you're the mother of a like a 19 year old girl now oh. and I'm the dad of you know my, my kids are grown now but can you imagine if they were there at a safe KWB concert you dropped them off and then you start seeing on the news that kids are dropping like flies from heat exhaustion, would you have freaked out or what?
1: Yeah, this whole tent we had for, like I said, VIP, there were kids and and adults laying there, a heat stroke. I mean, it was, was, I couldn't imagine it. So that's all going on, and you and I are like, everybody needs to take one step back. And then, I don't know, um, it, it had to be about, Oh, could it have been about 6, 6.30? Because they were supposed to go on at 8, maybe even later than that. And somebody said to you and I backstage, they're not coming. Yeah. And I went, no way. I, I wanted to get in my car and leave. <laughs>
0: well, I remember that. Well, the story was we knew that Howie wasn't going to come because his sister had just passed away from yes. lupus. So we, we knew was that he sad. wasn't going to be yeah. there. So they said, that's okay. We still have four guys. They can still do it. Nick missed his plane from Tampa. And without four voices, they could not do it. So the ones that were there were Brian, AJ, and Kevin. And I remember having a conversation. I was listening in on a conversation, and somebody said, can't those three come out and sing themselves? And the manager looked at whoever asked that question and said, look, they're not Crosby, Stills, and Nash. They can't sing that well. They're not good singers. And... uh,
2: Oh, my God. And it was like,
0: wow. I mean, they are good singers, but I guess they just could not go from a five-piece act to a three-piece act. So the boys, they never came up. They never appeared. And I remember our boss had to go on stage, Rob, and had to announce that they weren't coming. And he said there's going to be a riot. This is a podcast,
1: right? Is this a podcast, right? This is a podcast, so yeah. I can say what, so I could say what Rob
0: would normally say? Yeah. Fuck. You ah. mean i got to go up on stage? Fuck. Ah, fuck. Ah, Fuck. <laughs> So I, everybody's like, there's going to be a riot. There's going to be a riot. I said, guys, these are 14-year-old girls. They are not going to riot no but they cried they did cry and then they went home and then Backstreet Boys came uh, you know a few months later or six months later and did a show at Target Center and I think we gave tickets to everybody who had tickets or something like that but that was the big Backstreet Boys fiasco and probably in my 27 years at KWB, one of the most memorable days and if you were there you will never forget being there so I want to ask you because
1: well they might
0: if they fell from a heat stroke, and then they don't remember anything about the day. <laughs> that is true. So you being at KWB uh, for so long, I can think of it. Maybe you can help me go over some of these other events, and we can maybe talk about these on another podcast. <laughs> so I'm thinking about the time Pat Eberts got arrested at Niagara Falls. Oh, my um, God. Remember how upset? He, but he told us he was going to go
1: over the fence. Yeah. I said, don't go over the fence, Pat. No, I'm fine. I can go over the fence. Well, he's on, like, the edge of Niagara Falls and got arrested. Well, of course he's going to get arrested.
0: Also, the time uh, we made the big human flag up in uh, the National Soccer or the National Sports Center up in Blaine. So yeah. what other what other events should we talk about on this historical series that we can continue next week? Is there What else was historical about KDWB I, that you well, remember? We, I remember
1: us doing the show Naked one day. We did, yeah. of us. Angie was part of that. Yep. Um, but, of course, um, I made sure that I had a cubicle around me, and I think we all did. So
0: we all did, Jamie, yeah.
1: Extreme Jamie was the one who had to look at all of us to make sure we were naked.
0: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, Lee, oh thanks for being on. I mean, KDBB has got a very colorful history. And, oh, um,
1: You know what? Wait a second. Statue of Limitations are over, right? Yes. It's been a while? Yes. Yes. Um, did you rip up the, the sod at, at at the Metrodome?
0: Yeah, you and I uh, decided to take a shortcut. You want to tell that story?
1: <laughs> okay, so I can't remember why, but I'm like, we missed a turn. I said, just go, just drive up the hill. He said, I'm not going to drive up the hill. I go, Dave, just take a left and drive up the hill. You drove up the hill and just tore up the sod and. <laughs> You listen to us. You shouldn't listen to people like
2: that.
0: Well, and the fun, the awful thing was is I felt so bad. You know, in retrospect, know it was did. no big deal. But I would drive by there for weeks afterward, and their sod was all torn up where I drove my SUV up the side of their lawn. And <laughs> so.
1: guess what? I've never told that story, I promise you, until just now, because I realized the Metrodome's gone and there's no more yard there. Yeah,
0: so nobody okay. cares. So. Yeah. Hey, Lee, if you that think of you. more, I might call you to reminisce about some more of these memories because, like I said, there's, a, there's a lot of colorful stories in KWB's past. So, thank oh, yeah. you, Lee oh, yeah. Valsvik. On, she's all now on Cool 108, and if you want to check her out, she is, what are you, LeeCool108.com or Lee, or Lee at Cool 108? Lee at cool one, yep, Lee at Cool 108.com. Playing the same music on
1: Cool right now that I played with you
0: on KWB. Isn't that crazy? Huh. Isn't that
1: cool?
0: Lee, thanks for talking to us. Love you, Dave. Love you back, babe. bye. Bye. Okay, now we're going to call my daughter Allison and see what she remembers. Now, Allison at the time was a little kid. She was about five years old. And I talked to her a little while ago and I said, Hey, we're going to call you. Is that okay? She said, I don't remember a whole lot about it, but let's see what Allison remembers about that day. Because Allison was there and she wasn't a huge Backstreet Boys Hello. To... Hello. How's our mom to be? Oh, good. Good. What I are know. you? How big is the baby today?
2: Um, I think it was as tall as a box of Kraft mac and cheese. Oh,
0: And didn't you say (laughs) yesterday its fingers were the size of Tic Tacs, or was that yesterday?
2: Yeah, isn't that adorable?
0: (laughs) That is so funny. What website are you finding these on that gets, instead of like, it's seven inches long, it's like the size of a Kraft mac and cheese or the size of a Starbucks cup? What website is that on? Yeah, it gives you daily updates and fun facts, but it's just an app called The Bump. The bump. Okay, gotcha. Allison, I won't take up too much of your time. Um, uh, And poor Allison has been, you know, she's so excited to be pregnant, but she's also been isolating like a lot of people. But she's even more careful because she's pregnant. She's got a baby due at the end of July. Um, But let's forget all about that for a minute. And let's go back to when you were about five or six years old and the Backstreet Boys concert at Last Chance Summer Dance. I just talked to Lee Volsing about it. She remembers it very well. What do you remember about that day?
2: Um, yes. So I was pretty young, so I don't remember a ton, but I remember that it was super hot. Like, I remember people, like, in the front row passing out or people fainting and having to get carried out. So I remember that. I remember, um, like, sitting on my sister Beth's shoulders. I don't know why. Yeah. I remember sitting on her shoulders for most of it. It's like a the stage. And then... Honestly, I, when the announcement happened, um, I don't know if I was gone for it or what um, by that time, but um, I remember it was a huge disappointment for everyone, obviously.
0: I think that we might have sent you home because now that I think about it, um, people said there's going to be riots, and so uh, I think we sent you home with Beth um, so you wouldn't be there. That's kind of how I remember. You know what's funny, Allison? Yeah, I think so. I'm doing the show from your old bedroom, and I'm looking at, and I look down to see if it's still there. And sure enough, right at this moment, I am looking at a picture from that day of you, and it looks like you're like snuggled up with Beth, or like giving, she's giving you a piggyback ride or something. But that yeah, was taken I know exactly what picture. You're talking about because we're both wearing like
2: 90s glasses, sunglasses,
0: like really skinny, small. From here, it looks Uh, like you got a white headband on and she's got sunglasses on. But I don't think okay, that you have sunglasses okay. on. But I'm going to pu- I'm gonna put that picture on um, the Facebook page of Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. Uh, because that was, we were talking about some of the big events in KDWB history. And that was definitely one where if you were there that day, you didn't forget it. Allison, is there anything else that you remember in the history of KDWB? Because basically your whole life, you have, since you were one and a half years old, your dad has worked at KDWB and you're 28 now. Is there anything else that you're like, oh, Dad, you should talk about this?
2: Um, you know, this is just the first thing that popped into my mind, but I always remember those billboards of the ugly kids um, that you guys did. Um, I think it was you and Angie, and there was just a billboard that said ugly kids and no context, and people would, like, stop in traffic and look at it, and it was on the news. And then um, I think a few, weeks later you changed it to what did
0: it say um ugly ugly kids become djs yep yep wow that's really a good one allison because um what happened there was i don't know how i get this idea you know what some ideas you don't really think of them they just appear in your mind At least that's how my mind works. Sometimes I don't even try to think of ideas. Sometimes it'll just appear in my mind. And I got this idea for this billboard where they have me and Angie who was on the show at the time and they uglied us up a little bit. They knocked out some teeth. They gave us wonky eyes, a little bit cross-eyed. They, you know, we found pictures of us as kids, like fifth grade, third grade kids, and we put them up all over town. It just said ugly kids and people went nuts And people thought it was horrible and were making fun of kids. And people were actually slowing down on the freeway to get a better look at these billboards. This was probably close to 20 years ago, 2001 or two, I think. And MnDOT asked us to take them down early or reveal them early. But the reveal was ugly kids. And then it was revealed become DJs. Dave Ryan in the morning, KWB. And actually, that billboard got stolen. I didn't get any money from it. got stolen from, by other radio stations all over the country. And uh, that was a big deal. And you may remember those billboards if you lived here 20 years ago. But that's funny that that came to your mind right away, Allison.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I think it must have really stuck with me to think, like, you know, wow, that's cool. It made it on the news. But then I just remember your school picture. Like, that was such a very, like... You know, we all have those awkward years at school, and it must have been your haircut or something. I always <laughs> remember that whole
0: picture of yours. <laughs> I want to say that was about my fourth or fifth grade picture, and it was not. You know, I was at that awkward age for sure. So, Allison, your daddy loves you.
2: Love you,
0: love you too. Uh, follow Allison online. Allison up north. She is on Twitter. Uh, more on Instagram, though, right? You're on Instagram mostly, right? Yep,
2: Instagram mostly.
0: Yep. Allison up north. Okay, Allison, have a good week. I love you. I'll talk to you soon.
1: Love you. Bye. Okay,
0: bye. Um, She has endured so many different things that her dad has done, embarrassing things and silly things. and So anyway, yeah, so that was um, just a a, a little flashback of some of the cool things that we've done. And I'm looking at the podcast time here, and we're already 18 minutes in. So we're going to talk kind of briefly about a couple of different things here. Um, uh, I want to ask you this question because I think it's interesting. What have you been doing to keep busy? Uh, And that's something that people are struggling with. Um, There's a lot of people who are like, I'm out of things to do, and I'm only on quarantine day number three or six or nine or whatever. Uh, I just got back from a six-mile walk with Josie, so getting outside is great. Sundays are a busy day for us for the morning show because, you know, we have to work this week, and we use Sunday to plan out a bunch of what we're going to do and post blogs and we communicate and you know Steve Fallon Jenny and myself are all back and forth all day so it's not really a day off for us at all the only difference is we don't have to go into work Um, but this weekend so I kept pretty busy today Uh, this weekend though yesterday I was like what are we going to do so we were cleaning the basement and I'm going through and finding all these things that I really should get rid of and I'm not going to be try to be morbid but you know, it's times like this that make you think of your mortality. And you wonder, there's a little part of you that wonders. And and trust me, I am confident that we'll all get through this and we'll all live through it. Um, The mortality rate for the coronavirus is apparently only about 3%. And that's everybody. That's everybody, including the elderly. So it's really quite small, especially if you're not elderly. It's bigger if you are elderly, actually. But for you and me, We're going to be fine. But you start thinking about your mortality, and I'm going through the basement, and I'm thinking, this weird thought. It's like, I don't want my kids, Allison, Carson, Chase, and Beth, to have to root through 30 years of stuff in the basement. I mean, I'm standing in Allison's old room right now. Just cleaning out her old room would take a couple of hours that they don't have. None of my kids have time to go through this house. If something happened to Susan and I, so we're mercilessly, and it's a good opportunity um, to go through the stuff we have and get rid of it. So I got rid of my salt and pepper shaker collection, which I had 30 years ago. No need to go into detail on that one, but it was a, it was an abandoned hobby, and I used to be really into it. And I collected cute salt and pepper shakers. Then I stuck them in a box 20 years ago, 25 years ago. I haven't looked at them since. Put them on the next door app. Somebody came by and took them. Thank you. Um, uh, old pictures, family pictures in frames. I have giant pictures of us in frames and uh, threw them in the trash because I have smaller versions of those pictures. Um, a funny, not a funny one, but an interesting one was the first big purchase I ever made. And I just asked about this on Twitter. The first big purchase I ever made was, um, a jacket. It was a, it was right after Top Gun came out and it was a bomber jacket and uh, I was so proud of it. It cost about $400. and No, it did not. About $250, actually. If I remember right, it was $249. i am trying to multitask and open Twitter at the same time here. So, So I asked you, and I asked people on Twitter, I'll just challenge you right now. What was the first expensive thing, besides a car, that you bought with your own money? And for me... This was the most, and especially a luxury. I didn't need this bomber jacket, but I kept going back to the store in Ohio. It was a store called Lazarus, which was like a Dayton's or a Macy's. And this bomber jacket was there calling my name. And they only had a few in stock. And they were so valuable, they were actually wired to the shelf. You could not take it off because they didn't want you sneaking it out. I bought this bomber jacket. You can see it. I'm going to put it on um, the Facebook page along with Allison's picture and Beth's picture. Um, take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. You can see it on my Twitter, too. And I bought this, and I love this jacket, and I wore it everywhere for about a year till it kind of like started to look stupid. So I asked people, what was the most expensive thing you bought? Uh, here is a chef who listens all the time to the podcast. Chef Jem, uh, my knives, $2,800 kit. Brad Rubin, that is uh, Allison's father-in-law. He bought an HP 41CV calculator for $325. He says, I know, nerd. I love that. Uh, DJ says, depends on what's defined as expensive. My first expensive thing was my dog, $2,300. And they show a picture of him. Um, Hinda Mitchell, who, she is so amazing. She is a friend of mine. She was an intern of mine 30 years ago in Columbus, Ohio. And she now owns a business with like 30 employees. And she's so impressive, one of the most impressive people I've ever met in my life. And you know one of the things that first impressed me about Hinda? She's always happy. She's always happy. And she's so friendly to everybody. I've never heard her say her mean or negative thing about anybody. And let me tell you, what a lesson for the rest of us. Um, She says, I bought a pink couch and love seat. It's the first time I ever committed to making payments on anything. The first time I was ever financed. Uh, Lydia says, a letter jacket and class ring. Ginger says, a sweet brown leather jacket back in the day. Andy says, saving up all my money in high school, delivering pizzas to buy a laptop. One of the first that came out cost me $2,500. You know what, Andy? I remember when laptops used to cost $2,500. Back in the late 80s, mid-80s, that's how much a laptop was. Not sure when yours was. Michelle says, a spur-thighed tortoise. When I was a young ting from Exotic Aquatics for $230, I ended up not wanting to take care of him anymore and gave him to my cousins only to get stolen later. Okay. Masha says, $350 shoes because I deserved them. David says... Um, Uh, A 32-inch Sony LCD TV for twenty two thousand dollars back in 2006. It still works, so that's a bonus, I guess. Kayla says, "I saw this mirror at Mall of America when I was 17. I fell in love with it. Finally, bit the bullet at 20 and paid two or four hundred fifty dollars for it. It was actually on sale from nine hundred dollars, and it is a mirror surrounded by cassette tapes. If you go look at my tweet, you've got to see this. Go look at my tweet from Sunday." at about 7 o'clock or so, and you can see the tweet that started this. Look at Kayla's mirror. Uh, No intro says, 1969 Mercury Cougar, $2,500, never did quite run right, sold it for college education. Um, Well, the question was besides car, but still that's very interesting. What did you buy your first expensive purchase? Okay, a couple of other quick things. Um, uh, I would love to hear your email. If you want to email anything, please email Ryan, uh, Dave Ryan at KDWB.com. Um, uh, let me know how you're doing. Let me know what we can talk about next week on the podcast. Um, I'm going to throw in one quick reference to a video game that I'm playing on Nintendo Switch. It's called Animal Crossing New Horizon. And it's fun. It's relaxing. It's mindless. So if you have a Nintendo Switch and 59 bucks, you might want to try that. Um. Uh, make sure you get outside it is going to be gorgeous monday and tuesday of this week i think later this week we got rain like wednesday thursday friday but get outside and enjoy it because it is so good for your mind for your soul for your heart for your anxiety all of that so please go do that Um, And then later this week, if it's not on there already, look on my website, uh, DaveRyanShow.com, under my blog, for 19 cheap hobbies that you can do today. 19 cheap or inexpensive hobbies. And guess what one of them is? One of them is strumming a ukulele or a guitar or whatever others are calligraphy knitting is a good one um writing like pen pals or journaling or something like that astronomy is another good one so just some different things to kind of keep you uh mentally okay which is you know what this is not something we're used to thanks for listening to my podcast i appreciate it go to the facebook page Look for the pictures of Allison and Beth uh, at Last Chance Summer Dance. And there was another picture I was going to put on there, too. And, of course, I don't remember what it is. Oh, my bomber jacket, my sweet-ass bomber jacket. Okay, that's it. Thanks for listening to Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything, all based on the book. And maybe this is a good time to download the Kindle version of the book. You get that for, like, less than 10 bucks on uh, Amazon Kindle. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.